Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Spoken Legends. <laughs> welcome back. I am Jessie. I'm Becky. And no introduction is necessary because you're all very aware who we are at this stage, I would like to think. And who knows? You could have, you could have newcomers. Listening. Oh my god, hello to all our new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, Specifically we, all of my work colleagues who today I told, informed I had a podcast and so maybe they're all listening. Who knows? Hello work colleagues. Um, mm. We have some news. Oh my god, you're so <laughs> excited. Why are you so excited? We have news. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My I feel like that's a good uh, we have news noise. I was like, we have news. Oh, I have to do that now. That's the, that's yeah. the we have news sound. Okay, ready? Yeah. We have news. Uh, what is our news? This, guys, is the final episode of season one of Folking Legends. Episode yeah, 10. Nice you delivered that. I feel like you delivered that to um, enthusiastically. I'm like, it's actually a sad day for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. No, it's you know, it's t- I'm celebrating ten episodes. Like, actually, I was thinking about this today. Um, like, can you believe? Right, just cast your mind back to about six months ago. You're probably sitting on that exact couch you're sitting in right now, drinking out of that exact wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> and you decide, I'm going to send Becky a voice note of all of my thoughts. Yeah. One of those thoughts being, I think we should record a podcast <laughs> about Miss Bology. <laughs> and I'm like, can you believe that we're actually 10 episodes later? From that voice note that you don't even remember recording from such humble beginnings. Such humble beginnings. I was actually, I was actually walking home from the pub when I sent it. Oh, oh, yeah. That's even what pub? Where, where, where were you? Where? <laughs> yeah, the pub. <laughs> where, where were you? Where was I? Where was I in the pub? I don't know. You were at home in Dublin. So, oh. So yeah, so final episode of season one, episode 10, and we will be back in the new year. Oh, boy, will we be back. Boy, will we be back. We're going to be back so hard. First of all, we're going to be back together. (laughs) So we're not going to be dealing with um, connection issues and, you know, possible dodgy sound because we'll be in the same room. So that'll be nice. Um. And yeah, we're going to be back with an absolute bang. So, yeah, yeah it's exciting. I'm like, it's. I'm actually a little bit sad wrapping up season one, but also I'm like really stoked about season two. And also, thank you for listening. I can't believe people listen to us talk shit every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've never had my ego so indulged as I do now. It's incredible. It's so good. Yeah, it's really fast. Yeah. So, actually, um, on that note, right? Um, I haven't, I haven't actually cleared this with Jessica, but this is something I want to do. I want to dedicate this episode to Joe 
whose second name I don't know. I just know him as Joe, Julie's work colleague. Julie, who you will all recognize as being a special guest on the on the episode. But Joe, Julie's work colleague, is apparently a massive fan, listens to us all the time uh, from the beginning. So I want to dedicate this to him. Uh, I wanted to say basically sorry that you won't have anything to listen to for a few weeks. But uh, just don't worry because we will be back, Joe. So there you are. There, Joe. That's, no. that's what I wanted to say. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, have that, I have that written at the start of my story and everything. I was like, I really want to make sure I get that. <laughs> get that in there. Um, I'm back on the booze after my two weeks of sobriety. Yeah, how's that going for you? Having a great time? Having a great time. I have been smashing stout like <laughs> for the past solid... I feel like I was smashing stout for like two solid weeks now. I'm just like... like the, Last few nights I've been having stout, like like the second I finish work, I'm just like, oh yeah, crack open a can of stout. I'm um stout. Yeah. I'm on the stout, I'm back on the stout, I'm back on the stout in a big way. Um I'm really missing it apparently. I'm having I'm having deep, deep longings for creamy pints in a, in the local, do you know. Soon, my friend. Soon. So uh so instead of that, I'm drinking cans of Guinness in my gaff. <laughs> You know, we gotta do. We gotta do. Actually, yeah. What are we gonna do to like get ourselves through? Um, but yeah, so, can't believe, can't believe we've um really enjoy a little dance that you're doing. You now, yeah. So I think we should get right into it though, because my story is very long. Oh shit! Okay, you're right. Go on. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I. You were first last week, were you? You were, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this story. It's very long. If you have the same one, I'm going to go mad because it took me forever to do this, to edit this up and you know, write it up. I didn't realize how long it was going to be when I started and it just kind of kept going and I was like, oh God. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's good. I mean, I'm also like, if we have the same story, I'm going to be raging because I'm really excited about mine. So I really hope we don't. Okay. Okay, well, mine is... Um, called the yellow lily it's hard word to say <laughs> the yellow lily no never heard of her plow on plow on my friend um so i got this from a website called fairy tales tales with a z bit cool uh are they they're some sort of hip hip young duo so trying to young legend lovers <laughs> um, this particular one was written by Laura Claire Fokker or Fosher or something. Sorry, sorry, mispronouncing her name anyway. So she wrote this, and I'm paraphrasing kind of. Very good. From her story. So, you ready? Plow on there without further ado. I'm all ears. Right. So, there once was a king and queen who lived in a great stone castle built upon a cliff overlooking the sea in the most beautiful part of Ireland, which was called Erin. So this was like way back when. This is way back when. This is like when just fairies lived on, do you know what I mean? It was all mythical creatures and stuff like, you know? All right, go on, yeah. 
So it was gorgeous. The land was green as an emerald and the skies and waters were as blue as turquoise. Right? <laughs> as a turquoise stone, like. Sorry, I was like, they were as blue as turquoise. <laughs> like, you know, Yellow like, as it was red. <laughs> they were as blue as that sort of greeny blue colour. <laughs> <laughs> no, like as the stone, the crystal, okay? Yeah. So the king and queen had a son. So no one even remembers their names because it was that long ago. Like, they don't even have names. Right? right? So the king and queen had a son and he was known as the Prince of Erin. Um, and he was bright and handsome but he only really cared about having a good time. You, good lad. Same as myself. Oh. Man after her own hearts, watch us. <laughs> <laughs> One day, the prince went out into the woods to hunt for deer, but after a day of searching, couldn't find any deer. So he sat down for a little rest when he heard uh, some rumbling behind him. So he turned around and he saw this giant coming towards him. And he was like, really like, fierce giant he had his eyes were like balls of fire and his nostrils flared and emitted clouds of black smoke it's very so he's very scary very scary it's a very scary monster just i wouldn't like to encounter him down a dark alley at all (laughs) not at all um they could probably ask him for a light Oh, very good. <laughs> um, so, it was the giant of Loch Lean. The giant who was known for hunting young boys and taking them back to his castle in the heart of the forest. And they would never return. So, the kids, the prince is obviously shit scared now. Um, and the giant asks him his name and he sa- tells him that he's the prince of Erin. And the giant became very interested uh, and said he'd never eaten a prince, but he'd heard that their meat was very tender. I'm like, like, rookie mistake number one. It's like, you're like, you'd never tell someone that you're pretty. You'd be like, oh, I'm just a poor, scrawny farm boy. Like, you know, you've no interest in me. Um, yeah, well, I think, see, I actually think this might save them a bit. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Because um, he says... He says, oh, but because you are the son of the ruler of Erin, uh, I'll give you a chance to, um, to escape. So um, he says to him, we can play a game and the winner will be free. Or the winner, if you win, you'll be free, basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you win, you're free. I win, you eat. And- you eat him because <laughs> he's mad into it. Like the this chap who was this prince who loved having a great time. He's well known for like playing games and placing bets and stuff like that. So the giant was like, "Right, let's play at your own game now. Let's play a game here." Now I don't know what the game is. There's no mention of what this game is. I've no idea. Oh. What it could be anything. Could be chess. Could be football. Could be fucking who can hold their breath the longest. Who knows? Yeah. Could be, guess what's in my hand. <laughs> um, then, so, yeah. So, they decide that if the boy wins, he not only wins, obviously, his life, but he also wins t- um, two of the giant's castles. And if the giant wins, 
then he wins the boy and two of his castles as well. So they're kind of up the wager a bit. Up the ante. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So they played the game and the boy won. That was class. Went off for himself, went home, had a look at his castles. Um, pre- feeling pretty class about his victory. And um, he decided he'd go back again the following day. See what else he could get. Ah, uh, mate, come on now. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> so off he went uh, and he found the giant. He wasn't surprised to see him again. Um, and they played again. This time the prince wagered his herd of cattle and the giant bet 500 bullocks with gold horns and silver hooves. Um, so they played again, and again the prince won. So okay. off he went, home with his bullocks, and the following day the prince was uh, obviously getting a little bit cocky and went back again. Ah, oh, come on! So this time he wages his head, his head for the giant's head. So they start playing. The giant agrees. They start playing. They're playing all day until eventually the prince was beaten by the giant. Mm. See, we all seen it coming. Yeah, to be fair. I'm like, <laughs> everyone knows two out of three. Do you know what I mean? Quit. Quit. Yeah, exactly. So the giant celebrated his win. And allowed the prince to go home and live for one year and one day before he had to pay his debt. So oh, that's nice one. So the prince was raging. He walked <sighs> off. <laughs> Which he has no right yeah. to me because it's, it's his own fault. His own fault, yeah, for being a cocky shit. Yeah. So he walked off feeling pretty shitty. And then he realized he was lost in the woods. And he wandered around trying to find his way back, but he couldn't. And he came to a little hut with a little old woman inside. Okay. Um, and before the prince could speak, the woman turned and um, welcomed him into her, her house and acknowledged who he was, that he was the son of the king of Erin. Um, he didn't know how she knew this, but um, it became apparent that she was a witch. Um, so she fed him and gave him places to stay. He's, um, and then the next morning, she woke him up and said she knew what was going on. She knew that he'd lost his head to the giant and stuff like that. So she gave him a ball of thread and told him to hold on to one end of the thread and throw the ball in front of him. And then as he walked, the ball would roll and he had to follow it. Okay? Wait, what? No, that doesn't make sense. So she has a ball of thread. He holds on to a piece of thread and throws yeah. the ball in front. And then as he walks, the ball rolls and unravels and he follows the thread. It rolls. Well, he's holding on to the other. He hold. He's holding on to the other but end of might thread. Be like he might be like you know threading it through his hands. You know what I mean? Like this, following the thread. Anyway, just he follows the thread, okay, and he ends up at another little hole. Okay. Um, with another okay. little, another little. I'll witch. stop poking holes. Yeah, but another little witch, and same thing. Welcomes him in, feeds him puts him to bed, wakes him up the next morning, sends him on again with the thread to another witch's house. Same story again. So he goes to three witches' houses. Don't know why. I don't know why that's important, but he does. Then the last witch that he goes to in the morning, she wakes him up and, and basically says to him, 
the next time he follows the ball, it's going to lead him to the castle, to the lake behind the giant's castle. And when he reaches the lake, the ball will be unwound. And in a few more minutes, he has to wait a few minutes, um, and then the three daughters of the giant will come to the lake to bathe. And there, their names are Blue Lily, White Lily, and Yellow Lily. Oh. And Yellow Lily was the wisest of the three. And the witch told him to steal her clothes um, and don't give them back to her until she promises to help you. She's the only person that can outwit the giant. So the prince thanked the witch and he followed the ball to the castle and found the lake. And then he waited there for the girls and they came down to the edge of the water. And he could easily see which one was Yellow Lily because she was in like all gold and stuff. Um, so they, she takes her clothes off and they all jump in the water and then he runs over and grabs her clothes and she begs for them back and he makes her promise. He says, um, I'll only, oh, I'll only give them back if, um, you promise that you'll save me from your father because I've lost my head to him, explain the story, all that. So the prince or the, yeah, the princess, Yellow Lily, she, um, decides to help him. She so she can get her clothes back, and then they go up to the castle because this is like the day. This is a year and a day later, right? When he's supposed to go and pay his debt. So the giant's like, "Oh, I was gonna ask. I was like, how how far are we from the uh, from the the old beheading? Yeah, apparently, yeah, okay. apparently it was the due date. So I don't know how long he was wandering around in the woods for, but obviously a year. The guts of a year by the same yeah. it. So he went uh, into the castle, saw the giant. The giant's all happy. He's like, oh, finally you're here to pay your debt. And um, he throws him into a tank, which has about three foot of water in it, um, and puts the lid on. And it's like pitch dark. So he's like mad scared. So later on, Yellow Lily comes and just takes the lid off and lets the prince out and gives him a warm meal and some fresh clothes and a soft bed to sleep in. But in the morning, she wakes him up and he has to get like back in the tank before the giant wakes up. Okay, okay. So when the giant wakes, he opens the tank and allows the prince out and tells him that he may let him go. Um, if he can find his grandmother's slumber pin. So a slumber pin is like this magical pin that when you hold it, you go to sleep. And you'll be asleep for as long as you hold it. Someone has to like literally take it off you for you to wake up. Okay. Okay. Never heard of a slumber pin before. That's no, bad. I could do it one though. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes to the stable to look for this slumber pin. pin. Yep. Yeah. And then Yellow Lily comes with the summer pin and gives it to him. So he can be like, oh, I got it. Now I'm free. Do I mean to help him out? Um, so he presents yeah. it to the giant, but the giant's super skeptical. The giant's like, there's no way you found this on your own that quickly. So he thinks that like, dark magic was used, so he throws him back in the tank. Um, that night, oh. Yellow Lily comes again, lets him out, feeds him. He has to go back in again. The next day. And hang on, I was yellow lily naked this whole time. No, he gave her the clothes back because she, when she promised to help. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently a promise is, you know, solid. 
back then. It's like a pinky promise. Like, yeah, you can't, so like can't go back and can't go break in your promises. Your word is your okay. something. Whatever that saying is. Your word is all you have. It's all you got. It's not your word is your bond or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. So the next day the giant says, right, you can keep your head if you patch my roof with feathers before the day's over. So he goes to try and do that. And uh, yeah, it's basically very hard. So yellow Lily, she comes and brings some lunch to the prince and they have a delicious meal of peacock tongues and frosted cakes. Delicious. And mm. then, <laughs> then he kind of gets real stressed out and he's like, how am I going to do this roof? And she, turns, she says, turn around, it's already done. She like asked her <gasps> friends to do it. So they did it for her, apparently. Oh, while they're eating lunch. Jeez, well, he's, getting a, he's getting an easy ride here. Yeah. So the birds do it. That's grand. Tells the king. And again, the king doesn't believe that he did it by himself. So he goes back in the tank again. Same thing. Him and your one okay. have a little, little midnight date, basically. Uh, I'm back in the tank before, oh? before the giant wakes up. In the morning? Yeah, in the morning. So in the morning... The king um, gives him another task, and this task is to climb a tree and collect a crow's egg. Now, this tea, this tree is like like Jack's beanstalk. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's massive. huge. It's not just like pop down to Saint Saint Anne's Park there and and yeah, nip up a tree. Yeah, yes, yeah, huge. So yellow li- yellow lily. So I just say that fast. I'm a lot. Yellow lily. Um, as it's really like, say yellow lily. Yellow lily. Yellow lily. <laughs> yellow, lily yellow lily. Yellow lily. It's actually grabbing again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she brought him something to eat as usual. So he had a snack and then she turned to him and she was really sad. Um, and he's like, oh, Jesus, what's, what's wrong with you? And she goes, and she basically tells him that he has to kill her. He's like, what? No, no way. Um, and after a while, um, she kind of convinces him because he basically tell she tells him he has to strip off her flesh and separate her bones and use her bones um, as steps in the tree to climb it to get the egg. So that's what she has. To oh, do. There, there must be an easier way. That, like. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds a bit excessive. But she says that if he collects all the bones and stuff after and then calls out her name, she'll come back to life. Oh, okay. So he can put it back together then. Yeah. It's fine, kind of. So, so he does it. It's totally, totally fucked, but it's fine. It means, yes. (laughs) Just, it's, you know. Yes, bizarre. So he does it. He strips all her flesh. Separates her bones, climbs up the tree, gets the bones, comes back down, collects all the bones, the flesh, and her clothes, and puts them all in a pile, and then shouts, Yellow, li- yellow Lily of Loch Lean. And 
she comes back to life. But she's not happy. Because she starts giving out to him. Because he forgot one of her bones and now she's missing a toe. So she's raped. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's really not where I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's raging, she's missing her toe. But then she kind of realises, look, it could have been worse. She could have left my backbone on the tree. You know what I mean? So she kind of gets over it with Grant. So finally, after this, the giant lets him free. He's like, fine, Denoa, you've proved yourself. You're free to go. Oh, I love that. I'm like, all the others were a bit bit dark magic-y, but this one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this, this one was fine. Yeah, no, I'll let you away with this one. This one, yeah. <laughs> Nothing dodgy happening here. That's grand. Go on. So he goes home, happy out, and um, goes home to his family. There's loads of celebrations. And then soon after, it com- becomes time for the prince to marry. And he wants to marry Yellow Lily. Oh. Well, his parents won't allow it because she's Why not? Because she's the, just the giant's daughter. Like, she's not, you know, royalty. Royalty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't allow it. So, basically, they set up this marriage to this princess, and he's like, grand. So then she comes, so the preparations begin, and um, they have, like, a feast the day before the wedding. Do you know what I mean? It's all, like, very you know, organized and shit. So the day before the wedding, he meets the princess and he's not happy because she's, oh, she's mad ugly. She's no yellow lily. No, she's mad ugly and she's oh. more interested in uh, the furniture and the tapestries and, you know what I mean, the wealth of the castle rather than the prince himself. So they have this big feast anyway and the prince decides to invite the giant and his daughters so the giant comes, they come. Okay. You know, right? So it's like, bygones be bygones. It's all grand. Let them come over. Celebrate. Have the crack. So they come. Very controversial. And they go, uh, the king and queen ask the giant to do some magic for them because they're kind of known to do magic and stuff. And the giant says that it is his daughter who was the real magician. So he calls Yellow Lily and she comes in beautiful and everyone's in awe of her beauty and she's just you know fab so she comes in she sits down and dripping in gold dripping in gold she came in and she sat down at the table and she tr- she threw two grains of wheat into the air and when they fell and hit the table they turned into pigeons okay pretty good trick class trick so it was a male and a female pigeon and the male began to peck at the female pigeon. And she scree- She screams then, the female pigeon, and she says, you didn't, treat- you didn't treat me thus on the day I cleaned the stable for you and found the slumber pin. So Yellow Lily laid two grains of wheat before them and the male pigeon ate the food greedily. And continued to peck the female pigeon, and she she squeaked. She squeaked. Is that a word? Shrieked. No. Shrieked. Yeah. She shrieked. Like it's like a mix between screamed. shrieked and screamed. She shrieked again. You would not have done that to me the day I thatched the stables for you 
with the feathers of birds. Then Yellow Lily put some more wheat on the table and the male pigeon ate more of it, all of it in fact, and pushed the mate off the table. And then she fluttered to the floor and she screamed, you wouldn't have done that the day you killed me and took my bones to make steps on the glass tree 900 feet high to get the crow's egg for the supper of the giant of Loch Lean and forgot my little toe and made me lame for life. <laughs> right? So basically she's using the pigeons to play out what happened. The pigeons are a metaphor. Exactly. So just then, the Prince of Erin arose from his seat, um, realising basically what that metaphor was, and proclaims that Yellow Lily is his true love. And he goes and he takes her hand and leads her up to his seat to sit beside him um, and basically says, this will be my new bride. And they get married and live happily ever after. Ah, that's nice. That's nice, and isn't it? Happy ending for once. Well, happy ending for everyone, bar like, well, I mean, whoever was meant to marry the prince, kind of a shit ending for, for her. Um, and I, I, do you know, sometimes I feel bad for those people because it's like she probably didn't want to marry him either, right? But like she was forced to, and she was like, okay, grand, I'll marry the prince, that's fine. And then it's like jilted on the day, like that's a bit shit. Yeah, it's a bit shit. Sorry, I, was saying, I feel like I'm always very negative. I'm like, no matter how good the story is, I'm always like, ah, bah, bah, bah. I was <laughs> like negative in there now. That's good. Happy story. Happy story. Uh, no, that was a very good story. And I definitely have never, ever heard. Where did you come across that? Like, I've never heard sight nor sound of it before. I know, me neither. Madness. I found it on fairy tales. <laughs> <laughs> Where the cool people go to read tales. Where the cool people go to look for folk. I'm also going to read now. Like, how to do your research? Do you literally just like go onto like fairytales.com and see what comes up? Uh, no, I, well, I was looking for ages today, actually, and I came across a story I was going to do, um, and then I wasn't sure if we'd done it before. It's very similar to ones we'd done before. Um, well, I don't want to say because I might do it at some stage. And then Holly came in, my daughter, and <laughs> and uh, was like, "Oh, I have a story for you." Because I asked, she does them in school, obviously. So she came in because I have a story for you. We were talking about in school, and it was the one that I had been reading earlier. And I was like, I was literally just reading about that. Oh, that's weird. Isn't it? That's weird. And um, we yeah, didn't do that one because I'd already started editing the this one. And yeah, I kind of the other one just I wanted something a bit happier for our last episode as well. Oh, <laughs> 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 are we going to take a quick U-turn? <laughs> Where are we going? I'm so, I'm so glad we were on the same page a bit. <laughs> are we going into Grimsville? No, 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 not really, not really. No, no, I actually mine's kind. Of- uh, mine, mine's kind of good. 
kind of, yeah. Okay. All right, go on, hit me. Um, so I actually, I, my, my plan was to actually uh, go back and do another story about Fionn McCool from his, um, from the, the boyhood deeds of Fionn, right? So, because I thought that would be like a nice little way to, uh, to round things off, because that was my first story. Um, but then I realized that I love talking about super powerful uh, Irish like moths and goddesses. So um, I basically decided to do a story about one of those instead. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, fuck Fionn McKill. Do you know what I mean? He's a bit of a prick in any way. Not giving him any more airtime. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm going to tell the the tale oh, well not the tale exactly but I'm going to talk about um, Anya I don't know if you know who Anya is no, no. so um, Anya is the Irish goddess of summer and love Aww. isn't that nice see it's not too grim sorry um, so she is the daughter of Ego Ball probably pronouncing that terribly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, he's one of the members of the the two of the Danon. So she is kind of like uh she's she should be in amongst that crowd. Um but more importantly kind of in her own right she's remembered as one of the most powerful goddesses in um in Irish mythology. So she would be seen to be kind of as powerful I say the Morrigan or something. She's she's got she's pretty she's pretty high high level. Um. So as the goddess of summer and love, she represents the sun, and she also kind of represents fertility. So she's associated with the harvest and with her ability to kind of grant abundance and fertility over the land um, and kind of plentiful crops. And then for this reason, she's sort of celebrated um, during the summer solstice, and then she's also celebrated uh, during Lunasa because um, she's kind of associated with both of these things. Um, so one of the myths that surrounds Anya uh, is about how she basically, uh, during Lunasa, she um, sat in her birthing chair and gave birth to a sheave of grain. Um, and <gasps> So basically she gave birth to grain. Um, no, no grain. Just came out of her. Yeah. But... <laughs> But but in this act, she gave the gift of grain to the people of Ireland. So Ireland, Irish people didn't have grain before this. So Anya basically gave them grain and gave them the ability to grow crops in the land. Don't look so sceptical. I like you literally. <laughs> maybe maybe gave birth. I'm like, I'm, fair enough. A, a sheave of grain would just kind of fall out of you. You wouldn't have to go through the whole birthing process. That's fine. <laughs> well, I'm just like, if someone gave me a load of seeds from their hoo-ha, I'd be like, no, you're all right. <laughs> do you always call it your hoo-ha, do you? No, I'm just doing it for, for PC. It's being PC. It's any children listening. <laughs> your lady bits. Your vagina. Mm. Yeah, say it how it is. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so so it's one of the myths. It's, it's like she's kind of seen as the mother of 
uh, the harvest and you know like the the goddess of um kind of plentiful crops so one of the stories that surrounds her is that she gave birth to brain and hmm? lovely yeah gorgeous gorgeous um she is also celebrated as um being the fairy queen uh so as the kind of the goddess of love and fertility she's noted for having many relationships with um human men um because you know how easily seduced they are got to love them (laughs) (laughs) and it said that um through her relationship with human men uh this is what created the race of the fairy people. So, oh, yeah. So the fairies actually come from Anya and from mortals. So they're sort of like that's demi fairies. Yeah. Well, no, they're kind of like a demi god type creature, which kind of makes sense because they obviously possess some magical, magical powers. Um. Yeah. But so here's probably where it gets a bit grim. <laughs> so um despite being the goddess of love a lot of the legends and myths that surround her are quite dark and they sort of portray her as having to um face or encounter many difficulties and this is one of the stories that i'm going to tell so in case anyone was feeling too chirpy after jessica's lovely <laughs> ending, like here we go um so the story that I'm going to tell involves um, Aelil, who um, was a mortal man. Yeah, we've heard of it. We've come across him before. So he was a mortal man and he was the ruling king of um, Munster at the time. So King Aelil um, at this time had a difficulty in that every morning when he woke, he found that the grass in his fields wouldn't grow. Um, so this was obviously quite a devastating prospect because as king, uh, he was kind of in charge with providing food for like the people underneath him. So uh, Ferchess, who was a druid, advised him to visit Nock Anya, uh, which was the home of the fertility goddess Anya. Um, Nock Anya being Hill of Anya, in case I don't know, you didn't realise that which is a real place in, in County Limerick. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, first, yeah, advised him to visit Nock Anya um, at Sound to kind of seek out um, Anya's restorative powers. Um, so he set out, obviously, with the expectation um, that his problems would be solved because he was going to go visit the fertility goddess. She would help him with his failing crops and hunky-dory, happy days, everything, everything works out wonderfully. Um, good tobin, not really good tobin. <laughs> but uh, anyway, upon encountering the sacred place, uh, he kind of found himself falling into sort of a drowsy half-sleep. Um, and he was in this half-sleep, he was actually sleepwalking when he came upon a beautiful vision um, and that beautiful vision was, in fact, um, Anya, the goddess Anya. Uh, so Aelil, being weak with the fragility of man, was overcome with human desire. Yeah. Yurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he shed all royal dignity and 
uh, driven by lust, he set himself upon the lone woman uh, and forced himself upon <gasps> on the dirty bugger. Yeah. But little did he know that the frailty of the human body was about to collide with the power of the other world. Um, so Anya was outraged, naturally, um, <laughs> by what was going on. Um, and overcome with rage, she sort of exacted immediate revenge um, on the king. And she bit off his ear. So in this way, she maimed him and she marked him for life. Because um, in Celtic tradition, and at this time, um, only a perfect, unblemished person could have the role of king. So due to the fact that she maimed him, he was imperfect. And in this way, she kind of delivered uh, the, the most devastating blow possible because she rendered him unfit to rule or unfit to be king. Um, so from, from that time on then, the king was known as uh, Elil Alam, meaning one-eared, basically. <laughs> it's like old, old specky forays. It's like, oh, one-eared Elil. Oh, you one ear. She maimed him so much that uh, he could never reign again. Um, so yeah, that's that's my story basically. Oh, very um, good. Yeah, so it was in this way that sort of the legend of Anya grew because um, from this she became associated with basically the ability to grant power um, to people. So. So it's kind of said that as a deity, she granted power to good people and she brought a lot of kind of luck and good magic to the people who worshipped her. Um, and it's kind of said that she's like the the sort of the brighter side of the goddess Morrigan. So that she's kind of seen as being like her, the yin to her yang, so to speak. Um but Anya also, um, you couldn't you couldn't just take anything because she also was known to take uh, power away from bad people, basically, and those who um, wronged others. Um, so yeah, so yeah, fair books to her. I'm absolutely mad about her. She seems like a class woman. She does. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so so a lot of her stories and a lot of kind of the tales about her uh, have these similar kind of dark underlying events and sort of harrowing events associated with them. But she's kind of celebrated um, for overcoming adversity um, and for kind of being quite quite powerful and for for sort of not letting people get away with with ill treatment. Um, and during kind of Celtic times in Ireland, uh, the women of Ireland said um, 
we're very close to her and we're we're sort of very connected to Anya because um I mean I was gonna say at the time but like even now <laughs> I'm sort of like so like you know like cruelty and maybe like sexual abuse and death would have been quite common back in in Celtic times for for women um it would have been like I mean do you remember we talked about going back in time and like he raped and murdered murdered fairly instantly (laughs) um so yeah so so the kind of celtic women um of ireland sort of held on in very very high regard because um her experiences were very commonplace at the time and something that they were able to kind of relate to um but then at the same time, due to her, like her strengths, um, she kind of portrays um, hope and resilience and um, yeah, the promise of like summer and of brighter days to come. That's beautiful. So uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, basically I was like, fuck Fiona Um <laughs> Let's talk about Anya because she is, she is an, a1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very, very, imp- I'm like, I might start crying. Uh, <laughs> She's a good crying. one. Hmm? She's a good one. Yeah. So um, Anya, cool woman. Um, look her up, check her out. Look her up, check her out. Thank you, Anya, for, um, I don't know, teaching us to stand up for ourselves. Um, Leading the way for female empowerment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's my story. Very good. I'm low-key trying to I'm I'm like sort of on the slide turning this from a from a mythology podcast into like a hardcore feminist podcast. Don't worry, I'll balance out with sexy men. <laughs> like for every hard ass female Jesse be like and then there was this mad sexy prince <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say the you mentioned the Morrigan there yeah so just for anyone who this might be your first episode you can listen to the Morrigan story on episode 6 of our podcast Um. How did you know that? What? How did you know it's episode six? Like, how did you know that? Just looked it, looked it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're a little bit tipsy in that one, so. Is that the one we do from your house? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that one. That one's about four hours long as well, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, I shortened it a little bit. It's grand. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks. That was a great story. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I really, I actually really enjoyed. I enjoyed learning about Anya a bit more. Like I'd heard of her before, but I, I, you know what I mean. It was yeah, really I don't think I've heard of her. Really enjoyed uh, reading up about her more. Um. Class. Um. All right. Well, I'd also like to say thank you, Rebecca, for being my partner. <laughs> Oh my god, stop. I'm and actually gonna cry. Journey. Thanks for teaching me all the old myths and legends. Stop it. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you. Being thank my you. Partner Jessica, you 100% have been the um, the driving force behind the whole thing. 
to be fair. Like, listeners, you wouldn't have, like, if it was up to me, nothing would happen. <laughs> like, I can't organise to get my shoes on to go to the shop. Like, <laughs> Um, so this is all thanks to Jessica. So thank you, Jessica. You came up with the idea and then you you had to follow through to execute it. Do you know what I mean? I just I just turn on the laptop and talk shit. That's that's my only contribution to the thing. So um thank this 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 is the bit where we get all gushy about how much we love each other. <laughs> so cheers, guys. See ya. Cheers. Yeah. Um, See you next year. See you next year. Yeah. We've been folking legends. And as always, we've had a folking good time. <laughs>